0: Hey everyone, welcome to Tales from the Pros. And this is Michael Giorgio, your host and co-founder of Imagine Ovation. I have a very special guest with me here today. He is a venture capitalist and founder of Margaris Ventures, a TEDx speaker, and he is one of the foremost global thought leaders and influencers in the fintech and insurtech spaces. He helps others understand how technology and coding will change our lives, corporations, and nations please welcome Spiros Marguerite. This is Tales from the Pros, where business leaders and influencers share their stories of inspiration, struggles, and successes. And I'm your host, Michael Giorgio. Spiros, I'm very honored and humbled to have you here today and chat with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you.
1: The pleasure is all mine, Michael. The pleasure is all mine. And also to to be able to to speak to your audience and uh, yeah I was looking forward to to this call and I'm glad we we finally found the time that matched our calendar.
0: Yes, absolutely. I know we we were going back and forth a little bit because we're we're all super busy. But again, I'm very thankful and um, I think people are gonna find a lot of value from this episode. I, I think um, you know especially with fintech, it's um, as you know it's it's booming now and there's a lot going on and and um, especially with um, AI tapping into artificial intelligence exactly. and machine learning and all that, all that fun stuff we'll definitely talk about. So um, to kind of kick things off Spiros. Okay. So can you give us a little bit of insight, just some insight on your story and your journey of how you reached this point of success in your space? Um, primarily FinTech. I,
1: I My background is the hedge fund business. So basically I've been in the financial industry for all my life. Uh, New York, uh, Switzerland, you name it. And uh, when my comp- when a company was sold that I was part of, part of it, I had to think of uh, new ways of finding meaning in life. So I was writing about innovations, things uh, like I thought were innovative, like the fintech supermarket is an expression I coined. And then people approached me and one thing brought the other uh, started investing in startups co-investing with other people and i was probably at the right place at the right time but uh, i put also the work in and you always need some luck but uh, luck favors a prepared mind and if you work hard enough uh, you're more likely to be lucky but uh, luck is a part of everyone's life i guess and uh, I've been in the business in the fintech business quite a while, and uh, and I grew with it, you know. And being one of the top influence, depending on which uh, number one or top three, uh, that probably helps as well. You know, you have a great audience, and uh, oh, yeah. it's a it's a great um, you know community. It's a great community. It's a really great community. I must say. The fintech AI community, suretech I love it. And I think we all know each other and uh, that's, you know, you can't become big if the community doesn't support you in a nutshell.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I saw one of your, uh, I believe it was your TED talk and I, I loved it. How a is how you connected um, people with, with FinTech and, and with just technology in general, that there's no technology without people. And I, I, I think sometimes, I think I think sometimes people forget that, right? That you have to understand people, right? You have to be able to relate to them, their behavior, the way they act, the way they, they the way they live their lives, right? Because that will enable you, especially as you are someone um, of of your magnitude and intelligence and experience that goes out and and invests in in these promising startups, right? You have to understand people um, the best way possible so you can guide your startups, right? Because I'm sure you're. Your, uh, uh that's my role yeah. actually
1: most yeah. to guide my startups i mean operation is done by the people within the startup my 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 job is basically just once they're asked to to ask the right questions and guide them but at the end of the day we all depend on the founders and the team behind the startup and we do our little part but it's a people's business, and uh, the same as social media. It's a people's business. I mean, people forget. You know, uh, you have to, you have to be honest. Try to be as honest as possible, and uh, and you have to care. And it's a really, I mean, technology. I mean, nobody buys a tech. People buy uh, a dream. People buy what it does for them, and that's why you know when I look at a startup. I don't study it too hard because if I study it very hard, then I might think it's a good idea. And it, <laughs> you know, because I put so much effort in to understand it. A great idea should need no study. I mean, of course, there some fields that are very technical, but with the FinTech and short tech space, it should, the, the idea that the, the proposition should be in such a way that everyone will understand it. Because if I would spend seven days a week uh, reading that stuff and being involved in the fintech and sure tech AI. And if I have trouble understanding it, I mean, how will the consumer understand it? Which they want to win if, if a consumer could be the regular Joe who, who wants to send some money or whatever, or even a business to business. So th- I think that's one of the tricks is really don't study it too hard initially. Afterwards, you have to once you invest, but initially. The idea should be so compelling that you say, "Oh, I would like to be part
0: of. I would like to know more about it." Does that make sense? It makes complete sense. You, you, you shouldn't. A startup idea or concept shouldn't have a manual to try to explain it no. to their audience of what it's about, right? Because then that means there's something wrong with no. the message. It
1: doesn't mean uh, it's a bad startup, but it's the message is wrong. I think.
0: Yeah. No, that, that's, that's definitely true. We, well, you know, me and my company deal with startups all the time, Spiros, mm-hmm. and we, we go through the exact same thing. It's, um, it's sometimes a lot of startups, I think uh, who, are, who will be listening to this episode, um, future startups and current startups, uh, entrepreneurs, they need to they need to sometimes simplify their message they try to do too much I think that's the big problem yes. I've noticed yes I'm um, dealing with it for the last 10 years yes. is they try to do too much they want to do so much in so little time with high expectations and they end up sometimes going bankrupt or they end up you know trying to rely so much on funding or so much on you know what I mean try, try, trying to, um, to to portray their message correctly uh, when their message already has a problem. You know?
1: Absolutely. And you know, and the focus, I mean, that's why I talk mostly about it when I tell the startups, you know, I say, stay focused, stay focused. You know, they come with the ideas, say, oh, how does, that, how does that new idea help you to stay focused? Something it does, but if it doesn't, don't do it now. <laughs> you know, people, people, you're not going to be successful by doing lots of things. You're going to be successful, if at all, since the odds are against you, by being focused.
0: Yeah, well, that, that's definitely great advice. So, Spiros, you know, there's a lot of media buzz. You know, we were talking about fintech and, and ad tech, ed tech, and others, insure tech. What does it mean to post fix tech, the word tech, and onto a traditional industry? Do you think this is an announcement of disruption? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Oh, I never heard this question. It's a good question, actually. <laughs> I think no. um, it's a very good question uh, because I never heard it before. And I don't know if it's, uh, of, I, I don't think it was meant that way. It was just it just uh, because fintech is such a strong brand now. I mean, more people know about it, you know. And so people like to add like wealth tech, insure tech to just indicate the change that's going to happen in that specific industry. If it's rec tech, regulation tech, you know. Basically, it's a you know I think it's it's all inspired by fintech, which I think fintech is for me the mother of all of these things. Fintech is not only financial industry; it's not only banking. Insurtech is part of fintech in my eyes. It just relates more to insurance, of course. But uh, I think uh, the disruptions here, anyway, It's just uh, I think you know the difference is a very good question mark because you know we realized some new, uh, we come to new conclusions. We always experience technology, like, you know, we've seen the nice development evolving of Apple products, for instance. But it didn't affect us. It was something we consumed. All of a sudden, fintech has implications because, you know, the technology that you can't stop evolving has implications also for jobs. You know, maybe you need fewer people, but you can't stop that. I mean, the same thing with the AI argument. I believe there will be, you know, fewer jobs for people. But on the other hand, we can help uh, educating people, reskilling them. But uh, that's another topic as a whole. But the disruption is coming. So we should prepare people as much as possible to, to be ready for it. To, be, to, to benefit from the disruption. That's actually a better way. We should help people to benefit from disruption. And, you know, think about what fintech does. Like, like I talked in my TED talk, TEDx talk, it helps the poorer people to have access to solutions that never had access before or had to pay a lot of money for it. And that's, I think that's the greatest legacy fintech will have. Helping the underbanked, and non-bank people, or people with, who are less fortunate, to to enjoy services which were before only for the very wealthy ones.
0: Yeah, I think that disruption is amazing, and and I feel I, I was thinking about this, you know, this question and um, and just fintech in general. And my um, I, I told you one of my uh, employees here. Um, director of engineering. He's he's huge. He loves fintech, huge in fintech. And, mm-hmm. and um, so he develops AI applications applications and things like that. Well, cool. And we were talking about this and we were talking about what really the benefits of fintech right now. And the thing is, is that what we're realizing is it, these fintech products, these tools that are coming out, they're establishing a lot of transparency between technology, the banks and the mm-hmm. people. Do you notice that? So... Before there was a lot of we we never really had much transparency within our accounts with what's going on what's happening with our money where where can we get where can we invest how can we give to people how can we transfer yes. in different countries you know what I mean so now with these tools these these te- these new financial technology tools it's really increasing uh, not just communication but I think a lot of clarity and transparency we know what's going on
1: it, it's empowering that's what it is. It's in every way empowering for people who don't have accounts to have a bank account, uh, for people who don't have transparency to know what's happening, to be able to negotiate different terms because they know, hey, why are you that expensive when you talk to a bank? You know, I mean, uh, I could take the same service somewhere else, cheaper. And uh, yeah, you said it beautifully. It's uh, it, it creates transparency, and when you create transparency... Of course, anything goes.
0: Yeah. And I, I think um, with that open transparency, it's just going to open up a lot of um, new doors and a new uh, a lot of new opportunities for change, I believe. you know. So I Absolutely. think that's going to be... And we are uh, just at
1: the very beginning. I think if yeah. you would look at fintech uh, as a human being, I think we would be you know first class at best. We just, we just graduated from kindergarten because... We're still evolving around making things more efficient, what bigger institutions should have done a long time ago. But we're way to go still what financial services will be. Financial services will be something that we'll, we won't even know that they exist. It will, eventually, it's just going to happen. You know? We won't, think of, we won't yep. think of banking. We just It's going to happen. Somebody has to pay, and it will tell you you can buy this. You know, it's a lot of things will be done for us. I don't say it's good or bad, but eventually it's going to go that direction. It's like air, like breathing air. If you don't have it, you will feel it.
0: <laughs> <But it's like laughs> That's, a That's a good analogy. No, I like it. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of great opportunities. And the same thing with AI. And, and, you know, you can see all these new products coming out. And it, it's pretty incredible if you notice, Spiro, as well. It's just you deal with, I'm sure you deal with many uh, innovative startups, and it's it's pretty um, remarkable remarkable what what um, the human the human person the human being is capable of doing. You know the ideas that we have, the intelligence um, that we have. It, it's it, it really is remarkable. But so so Spruce, you know, you talk a lot about um, or you speak about credibility, and you know, and trust is critical for community influences, and I completely agree. For someone looking to become an influencer, how do they re- really build this? How do they build this credibility and trust in their communities?
1: I think it takes a lot of time. <laughs> and I think, uh, be uh, of course, I mean, you follow the people you like, you 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 start sharing. I mean, obviously you have to share good content, you write good content. I mean, it takes just time. It just can't. I think some people would like to have uh, some shortcuts uh, I think even, and you have to stay on it. It's like there's no uh, uh, consistency. there's no cutting corners. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, some people cut corners, but we know who does. But yep. uh, but at the end of the day, it's consistency. It's like everything in life. It's consistency. You know. Yes. And people then eventually they believe you are trusted source for for an opinion. Or I mean, I share opinions. A lot of opinions are not even mine in terms of I don't even believe what they're saying is the way it's going to play out. But I could be wrong. I've been wrong. So therefore you you sharing other people's opinion even if you don't agree with them. If they're good opinions, that also creates credibility. And of course, again, supporting other people in the community. Like we did this call now. It's a great thing. It's a, it's a great opportunity for me to that your audience get to know me, but it's also mm-hmm. a great opportunity to exchange thoughts like we do now. And uh, so influencing com- become, uh, is something that happens from helping others and uh, believing in you know, committing to your industry. I'm focused. <laughs> it basically, what I preach, I practice. At least I try
0: I, from from what I, when I'm uh, from the research I've done about you Spiros you seem very um you know you, you definitely seem like you're you're doing things with the with the right intent uh, and the right motives and it seems like you're you're definitely trying to impact change and um you know and you're 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 very um you know you might be like oh you're giving me too much credit but I mean you're you're a very uh highly successful person you have a lot of knowledge you've been through uh, I'm sure you've been through a lot of um, you know, I'm gonna say crap, crap in your life. You've definitely absolute, you, Michael,
1: how did you know? I mean, if you didn't go through crap, I mean if you haven't been beaten down, yeah, you would not be able to be credible. It's just like that, you know. I mean people can you know, that's part of life, you know, it's just so so, true. It's so you know, you can tell people who haven't got beaten really down. I mean mm-hmm. it's not my cup of tea. But Everyone has a different story. So, but yeah, but it helps to have experienced some bad times. I mean, not that I wanted it to happen to me, but it's just part of it. I mean, I had startups in New York, huge billboards. The crash came. You know, I went through a divorce. Not because of it, but it's just a lot of consequences. People forget yeah. what it takes. You only see success stories, you forget what it takes to get there.
0: So true. Uh, I love it. I, you're speaking my language now. It's so it's so um, it's so nice to hear that because, you know, I'll tell you with, um, you know, with, with with just what I'm learning as well with growing credibility. I mean, I'm not I'm not nowhere near your level, but I, you know, I'm, but at the same time, I'm I, I'm I'm trying to make this positive impact um, with my company, Imagine Ovation and with this podcast. And, you know, and I know it takes a lot of time and consistency. And, and I believe in what you know, what we're what I'm doing, what we're doing. And it takes a lot of hard work and with that hard work is is gonna be um, is gonna have you're gonna have some tragedies and and very tough moments and obstacles Absolutely. that you're gonna be facing Absolutely. and you just gotta continue to persevere you just got to keep fighting through it and and the good times are gonna come you know if only if you don't get up again you lost it's not yes. it's not the beating you get it's
1: stay if it's staying down that's a bad thing if you get up you know don't let this don't let other people count you out.
0: Yeah, no, definitely, and I think it's very important that you give the small, um, the small, um, I would say the small person a chance. What I mean by that is, for example, you're you you know, for you, you're you you're you know, to when a, a leader in your space, you're definitely a leader in your space, right? You, you you've you've reached a very very good good point of success, but yet you're giving all these other people chances to work with you that are not at your level. You're trying to guide them. You're on this podcast. This is a podcast a year and a half old. It's not a very old podcast, right? It's a new podcast. But everything
1: starts somewhere. I've started exactly. somewhere. You know? Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and,
1: and, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like we, would be talking, we will be talking more than I thought before because, you know, I like the way you think. And uh, I think we have to help everyone. I mean, uh, I think it's so important. It can't. I mean, I can't express it enough. And, you know, can, you can learn from anyone you really listen, you know, you don't have to talk to experts, you know, just listen. I I drive with my cab driver and I love to talk to them. And I always take something with me and say, Oh, wow. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't seen it that way. You know, you know, yeah. So you can learn from anyone if you want to. You
0: really can. Yeah. Everybody has a story, you know, and it's, it's always good for us to embrace, embrace people's story. So, you know, spirits with, with, for the, for the dreamers out there listening, <laughs> what do you mean that I call it? Right. So the dreamers out there listening and, uh, the ones that haven't essentially are, are still, you know, they're still trying to find, um, a purpose. They're just still trying, still trying to, to find what they want to do. Um, what do you mean by wanting, you know, quoting kind of wanting something so badly, you are willing to pay for it. Is that a, do you think that's a differentiator between dreamers and doers?
1: Yes. It takes both, but I think uh, it takes both. I think uh, you, you have to dream, but uh, there's a price to be paid always, and uh, some people are not willing to do that, which is legitimate, but uh, it's really legitimate, because I, who says that my way is the right way of uh, living your life? But uh, for me, putting the work I put in Seven days a week, people just if they follow my Twitter account. I mean, besides of advising startups or going to meetings, usually when I find a free time, I tweet articles I read, and uh, and that commitment. Uh, I know that sometimes I'm extra exhausted, but uh, but to keep the dream alive, it's more impo- it's more important to me than being tired. So when I'm almost fall asleep, I remember that my I want to keep the the fire on. You know, I see it like a fire. You know, success is like a fire. I mean, you can just take it for granted, and they're going to switch off. Or you throw wood into the fire constantly, you know, to keep the fire flame on, or keep the flame on. So, you know, it's, it's we should not judge people who can't do it. I mean, I, there's a lot of things I can't do, but uh, I know I'm hungry enough to keep the fire on. Yes. Regard because I love I love what it gives it, what what I get in return. And we're not talking about money. It's uh it's people you can talk to, recognition. There are a lot of great stuff that I happen. I speak to a lot of so smart people and it's a privilege. Sometimes I I pinch myself and say my god, I, am I lucky. I, I I'm now in some places and 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 you exchange thoughts with people. It's you know, it's amazing life, but yeah, it's no free lunch. You have to work very hard to keep the flame on. To keep the flame burning.
0: Yeah. Oh. And and I think I, I like what you said about that because, you know, I I think it is there is definitely is a balance. You know, I think execution. We always hear about execution, right? Execution, execution. That I mean, that is vital. For success and and for um, for living your dreams, but you got to make sure that that fire is, is continuously being lit, um, and that you that you have that drive, that passion. That passion never goes away because if you don't have that passion to dream, it's going to be very difficult to for you to consistently be executing. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, you know, because there will be moments uh, that you have to draw from your dream, you know, draw the strength. Go on. Does it make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah it makes complete sense. Absolutely. You know,
1: when yeah. you think, oh, oh my God, is the, the whole thing worth it? What am I doing? You know. But then you, you remember, you know, why you started everything, or where you wanted to be. And I don't think it can be all about money. I mean, that sounds maybe so. Uh, dream has to be about different things, and, and every dream is so individual. But it has to be about something else.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, kind of jumping into this, um, you know, this next question here for, for failure, we talked a little bit about failure yes. and struggles. Everyone has struggles and obstacles, but failure, you know, we've all heard this before. It's often the best teacher. Um, and looking back, was there a pivotal moment in your life, Spiros, a failure in your life that created essentially a learning opportunity for you? <laughs> Not one,
1: many. Many. more than I can count I think it's uh, it's the, it's a the failure I mean, although I didn't see it then I mean basically it's a failure it's pain uh, you have to cope with this uh, with the consequences of that failure uh, but when you're successful even you know not a huge success any success and you reflect it's basically based on that experiences you had of all the small failures. They got you where you are, but at the moment of failure, I don't think you're gonna say, "Oh, great, I failed. Oh, that's good stuff for my future." <laughs> I don't. Think I,
0: so. that's funny. It's funny that you, I, I I always wonder, like, what if we were those types of people that were like, "Oh, we failed. Yes, we're just laughing. We're having fun with it." But it's the mind doesn't, you know. You want to laugh about it, you know. It's like I wish our minds were were opposite, that we would just have fun with failing. But yet, I know that sounds crazy, but in a way it's like, I wish sometimes I could, th- I could think that way and feel that way, but but I'm kind of glad I'm not that way because if I was so happy with failure, oh yes, it didn't work out. Okay, I quit, I'm done. But then I wouldn't go anywhere further in my life, right? <laughs> you would just be so happy with, oh, I made a mistake or this didn't work out. Okay, you know, I I guess the way we have to think of it is, we, we, we failed in, in a sense that let's just say you, you develop a product, right? You Spiros, you're developing this product, this application, FinTech application yeah. that you developed. And, no, and me, it didn't
1: me, work out. The, the startups.
0: Right. Okay. And let's just say it didn't work out. The, 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 the market wasn't adopting it for some oh, reason. oh It was the wrong timing. It could be wrong timing. Correct. Yeah. One of the many thousand reasons. And it didn't work out. So, you know, do do we sit there and say, oh, that's it. Okay. Or do we say, you know what, we can develop, we can try to innovate this product even further to try to adapt to, 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 we get, to, we get a better traction from this audience to get more of adoption, to make this more unique. How can it actually solve a better problem maybe? Or do we just go on and, and develop a new product? You know, these are questions that, that we ask ourselves when something doesn't work out, that an app is just an example. Yeah. But I think, that's a good That's a good way of thinking is, is, you know what, just keep, and that's a sense of moving forward. We got to find a way to just keep moving forward down the river, right? Instead of just going back, backtrack. But you know,
1: it's, the, then again, it's a personality thing. If you're a duo, that's what you're going to do anyway because you want to survive. And you take whatever you have from your experiences in your backpack and try to survive. And uh, hopefully... Hopefully the backpack has all the nice ingredients you need, all the tools to make maybe your next venture, whatever it is, a success. Mm-hmm. And I think most of the successful people, they did exactly that. But again, I don't think failure, failure is important, extremely important, but at the moment probably it's just, um, it's hard to, to, to see a better future at the moment.
0: Yeah, and I think that also comes back to the that that comes back to the passion uh, of what you're yeah. doing, what you believe. Right? You you probably deal with startups, not even just startups. I think people in general that are are trying to execute something, right, or they're trying to develop something and fr- from nothing. And I think when they're when they reach a very very tough obstacle, um, that could that could lead to failure. They it, it's sometimes easy for people to quit if you think yes. about it. It's very to quit it's very easy just you just throw everything away and you say i'm done that's it that's it no more (laughs) you know i'm done with this but if you believe in what you're doing you have passion in it and you feel like this is gonna this is gonna help other people you're not even just yourself others then then that's gonna push you that's gonna push your mind to think outside the box and you're gonna start to develop new new levels new ways of thinking that you've never imagined
1: absolutely that's how i agree i agree i agree I think uh, uh, crisis uh, release uh, ideas to become innovative again.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, yeah, and you, and you, if you stay on, if you stay long enough on, I think most people will be successful. Most. I mean, to be fair, I mean, the yeah. circumstances make it very hard or environment, but the chances of success increases with the time you stay in your industry, because opportunity will come. And if you're not around, you can't take advantage of it. But again, it's easier said than done. But uh, as we both, we both, and many people who listen to us at this point probably have experienced similar things, you know?
0: Yeah, no, no, definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so true. And, you know, it, jumping a little bit here, yeah? Spiro. You know, you're you're um you know I know you're you're a VC, you're a venture capitalist, so you're obviously very experienced in the whole uh, funding process. What eventually do, what essentially do VCs look for when businesses come to pitch for investments? Is it a certain? Are you looking for a specific um you know? Is it a specific type of of um pro- a product like? Because I, I know I, I'm aware of I've spoken to some VCs and angel investors, and I know. A lot of them don't really invest too much into service-based businesses. It's more into product, actual physical, or an application. Mm-hmm. Or, or what are your kind of thoughts on the whole process of of, of
1: seeking investment? I think um, that's exa- that's again something so individually like people are. I mean, every VC I think has a different angle based on his background. I think, and uh, if you're successful with the way you approach this uh, investment. Uh, in startups with the style you have then it's a the correct way i mean some a lot of venture capitalists in silicon valley probably will invest only in startups likely in a very narrow circle where they have a great network that can play to make the startup a success uh, but uh, my approach is very different i mean as i said at the beginning i look if i understand it if they have traction they need some traction because if they don't have traction the, the, the chances that they will be successful will be hard. But if they have traction in terms of, like, they already acquired some customers, they have growth, they have a good team, then it's much easier to see an opportunity, you know. But they still, you know, even successful startups, they will get to points with they like, new exams. Like, you know, you in high school, you have different exams than you have in college or when you do your PhD. Same thing with startups. As they grow, if they grow, they will have different hurdles to to conquer. So therefore, I look at team: can they can they let go? If other people have to come in, now because you know, good CEOs they should let go if they grow in a certain size where they where they don't have the right skill set to lead it to the next level. But you know, there's so many variables that can go wrong, uh, that can make a startup fail. So I keep it simple. You know, I understand the concept. I believe uh, it has a future. They know the business. They know their competition. And then it's, again, this, I, I'm not certain they're going to be successful, but if the people are the right people, the right, they have the right product, you know, give it a chance. And sometimes you're surprised. You know, I don't see, I can't speak for other startup uh, venture capitalists. I, I look at the companies I'm involved in, and, and at the end of the day, it's great, comp, great people behind the, those startups that make it happen. And I'm just part of it. I'm something the small, very small part, maybe a bigger part, but I'm just, I got a football team. I'm a player. I play my position well. I tell everyone, but I can't win a game only together. You know, everyone has to play a role. But they're not gonna win a game just because of me, you know. Yeah. But
0: it's a it's a team effort, yeah. And you're effort. part of you're just a a very valuable member of that team, and, and that you know your role, you know your position, yeah. Um, and you appreciate other people's roles in that team, and I think that's, I I think that's very important, you know. And I'm also um, a brand
1: yeah. which helps them get more or uh, more attention, but you know yeah. this big attention that get through me can also backfire. If they don't deliver, it's actually worse because more people will know.
0: Yeah. And also I've noticed a lot of uh, investors, they, I know uh, Mark Cuban talks about this, that he says it's sometimes uh, that he invests not only in the product or the traction in the product, the engagement, but he invests in the people. He wants to work with somebody behind who, like who is the person or who are the people behind that product. Does he like them? Can he work with them? Are they going to be a pain in the ass? (laughs) Essentially, you know, and I think that's important is working with, with, because if you think about it, right, our lives are, I mean, it's not, not, we live a short life if you think about it. It goes by very quickly quickly. and you want people, (laughs) right? You want to deal with, you want to have a good team around you with these startups.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, but you see, Mark Cuban, you know the guys accomplished so much. Uh, you know, with the startups he he founded and sold, and I mean, but you can if you talk to a lot of venture capitalists, everyone has a different angle. Trust me. Mm-hmm. But I think what Mark said, uh, you know, resonates with the way I see things. Resonates very much.
0: And you you've been able to meet Mark ever? No,
1: we're in the same when Spark like uh, Sparklabs Group. Uh, one of the part, partner venture capitalist partner within the group. I haven't met him personally, but we're in the same we're in the same organization and a great accelerator. And um, but I haven't met him yet. But I know of him because I knew him uh, not personally, but I knew of him uh, when I lived in America. I mean, the guy's a legend.
0: You <laughs> know,
1: in, in every way. I mean, the guy lives his life uh, by his own terms, and uh, you know. It's not a bullshit, though.
0: Yeah, yeah. He oh, he's he's pretty. Seems pretty direct. He doesn't take crap from anybody.
1: He doesn't have to. <laughs> but I think also before he was successful, I think, you know, he knew who he was. You mm-hmm. know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, jumping a little bit yeah. here into, into fintech, your space here, Spiro. So w- when it comes to disruption of fintech, what what do you think we should expect within the next year? Give me a little bit of insight on, on fintech I, and I where it's headed.
1: We're going uh, to see probably uh, more mm-hmm. partnerships between fintechs and incumbents. We're going to see consolidations and uh, focus on fewer fintechs because uh, venture capitalist money will flow. There's a lot of money out there it will flow likely in more bigger deals in more deals that uh, the outcome seems clearer even if they come later to the game and the profits will be uh, uh, will have uh, less multiples than in a small startup which will be successful but I think uh, people will focus on big deals and consolidations a little bit because that's normal because like in any other startup with a lot of startups fail new ones come uh, but it's gonna be harder I think for startups to succeed but doesn't it's always probably it's always hard but it's fintech is so popular now that uh, you know you have to bring really good value proposition to the table I mean if you look at challenger banks in the UK you have Starling Bank, you have Monzo, you have Tide, you have a lot of... It's harder for new ones to succeed within that space, but it could happen, but it's harder. So we're going to see partnerships because partnerships uh, help those fintech companies uh, bring in revenues or survive, gaining new audiences. So a certain consolidation is healthy. And we will find new stars we don't know of them yet, It's always like that, you know. I mean, people always think Google will be the search engine for good. That's not the case. Because as we speak more with our phone, I mean, we speak with our phones, obviously, but as we search more with our mobile phones, it's a mobile phone Siri that will decide which search engine we will use. And, you know, so therefore it's going to be harder for established companies to to, to keep the market share they have. I'm not talking against Google per se. Google is a great company, but anything can change and will change. Technology is about change. And, and in a few years, a lot of players we think are the established fintech players might not be the established players anymore or might become huge, like an Amazon. I mean, Amazon, that's another big topic. You know, they, I mean, as we all know, it Probably they act like a startup. They do probably. They act like a startup. They execute like a startup. And they will go into fintech space as well. And tech giants will go further into the fintech space. I think that's a big topic.
0: Yeah. And do you you think that some of these larger finance companies are threatened by these um, fintech startups?
1: Uh, At this point, not really. At this point. Mm -hmm. Because I think, okay they have so... They don't have enough customers compared to what what the big incumbents have. But if the tech giants come into play with the money they have and the long-term perspective, all of a sudden fintech startups become like knives, you know, within the hands of the tech giants. You know, because they can a fintech companies a much closer vehicle to a tech giant to partner if they don't do it themselves you know, then to partner with a bank. I mean, you of course, you've seen Amazon partner with JP Morgan and Berkshire on the healthcare plan. But uh, but I think Chinese, uh, Tencent, uh, Alibaba, all those companies will look at startups in Europe, within Europe, uh, with everywhere, to acquire them or partner with them. So the threat will be the combination probably of clearly of tech giants alone, And if they can't do it alone, they will partner with the fintech startups. And that will be a huge threat to the financial industry. Because I'm not going to say they're going to disappear in the next three years. But I think in the next 10 years, the playing field will look very different when you look at banks now. The the way you understand banks uh, operate and the brands you know within the banking industry, a lot will disappear. I'm certain of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seems like there's a lot happening, a lot of change, um, you know, and I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, I think um, it's it's pretty re- pretty remarkable, and and I actually I posted a video on LinkedIn uh, last week. It was the you know the 30th anniversary of the of the World Wide Web of the internet, mm-hmm. and um, I posted a video that basically talked about how it's it's already been 30 years that that you know the internet uh, has been around for, and if you think about it it's kind of like AI um, and machine learning how we're, you know, all these just new technologies are, are, are happening right now. And, you know, 30 years ago when, when the internet came out, we, you know, we were, Everyone was scared. Oh, there's going to be a, an apocalypse, or it's the end of the world. And then now people are talking about how AI is going to take away all these jobs, and then it's it could it could end up being like some type of Terminator type thing, you know? And it's just it's funny how every time there's new in new technology introduced, there's always all these rumors yeah. that scare everybody from from um, potentially from innovating. And I think we we shouldn't be scared. We just need to embrace it and try to try to use the technology for good as best as we can. But, you know,
1: to be a little scared is not a bad thing because yeah. it motivates people to change. And it yep. also addresses issues, which basically, if the issues are not warranted, the better. And if they're warranted the issues, we need to change some things. So I think, uh, like when you drive, it's, it's good if you drive with respect because if you're not scared, you're going to kill yourself. Because you're going to drive so fast, you're going to eventually crash into war and and the same mm-hmm. thing with technology. You know, it's we should allow it to grow like kids. You know, you tell kids as well, run, play. They're gonna fall. They're gonna hurt themselves, but that's part of growing up. And the same thing with technology. Uh, we're gonna crash sometimes. I think we did and we will. But eventually, it's gonna be for the better for all of us. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I'm a, I'm an optimist anyway, but. Uh, I always believe that we should not tell people it's going to be all fine. If You know, you have to do something so it's fine. You know,
0: There's going to be some scary times. Yeah, no, absolutely. But also
1: opportunities, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, man. So spirits, just kind of uh, I, how I always close out the podcast really? is I always ask the three, they're called the three hows. Oh. So how do you define failure? How do you define business? And how do you define success?
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> failure. The failure I define if you give up. That's how I define failure. You know, not failing. Failing is something that's part of... Fail- failing is part of... No, let's redefine it. But that's how it's a startup, you know. Failure is the currency you have to pay to become successful. That's failure. You know, the currency... to you have to pay to become successful and uh, business business uh, you know it's uh, it's making an idea a viable proposition for whoever customer you have. That's a business you know you sell bread, you make good bread, people come buy it you know make it out of an idea something real that's business and 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 sustain it of course. And success, oh, success is like a dessert, (laughs) you know. And uh, But, uh, you know, you have to look for the next success because, you know, you've eaten that dessert. You have to look for the next one because it's it's a way. I think the path to success is so much more valuable to all of us than this, you know, once you succeed in something, it's nice, but it does sustain it. It does sustain your happiness. But uh, yeah. It was a good yeah, well, question.
0: Some of the best answers I've had uh, on this podcast. Okay. Uh, Thanks
1: a lot, Michael.
0: I love it very, very much. And uh, so, Spiros, where, where can everyone find you? Website and and your social channels. Well, my best
1: is, I mean, you will find me if you Google me McGarris Ventures. But uh, my Twitter handle Spiros McGarris, Uh You know, if you put Spiros McGarris and Twitter on Google search or fintech, you will find me, and uh, easily. And uh, I. I want to thank you again for having me very much. It's uh, were really good questions that um, you know uh, were difficult to answer. Were well, actually which is good, and I came out of it afterwards with knowing something more. Thank you, Michael.
0: Thank you very much. Uh, that's an honor. I'm I'm very um very blessed and humbled to to hear that. Nice um, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for um for you know being a part of this and my story and and, and you know this this journey um uh, you know that i'm 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 uh, currently on and i'm very thankful and um i hope people can can really resonate with you and learn from you Thank uh,
1: thanks a lot michael they
0: definitely they definitely will so I, I can i look forward to continuing um you know this relationship and and uh and look forward to the future right perfect. that's what it's about perfect so so thanks again thanks i really that. appreciate it cool Well, everyone, thanks again for listening. And this is your host, Michael Giorgio on Tales from the Pros. And until next time.